Welcome to Waking Up from Breaking Up, the podcast all about breakups with real experiences from ordinary and everyday people. My name is Ira J, and I'm your host. This week, we are continuing with our conversation regarding the components of CART, which I think make up a great committed long-term relationship. CART stands for Communication, Compatibility, Commitment, Connection, Chemistry. A is for Appreciation, Admiration, Acceptance, and Attraction. R is for Respect. T is for Trust and Timing. So this week, we are talking with Natasha. She's been married for six years and been with her husband for eight. And we're talking about attraction. What's unique about this interview is that we don't just talk about keeping an attraction in a long-term committed romantic relationship, but we also talk about attraction in a long-term friendship. Don't forget to stay at the very end for the reflection section. And if you haven't yet, please follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on Instagram at waking up from breaking up and check out our website at waking up from breaking up.com. How we met. It was random because Todd, who's been on the podcast, he was here visiting and you're a friend of his friend from our hometown. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and yes. we we just like <laughs> randomly texted you. And then and then you and I met like randomly when he left. We made time to meet for dinner and a concert. Was that it? Yes, that was it because I had wanted to meet you and schedules didn't align because my sister was in town. And so I had a ticket to a concert and was like, well. She seemed cool. I I met Todd (laughs) over the phone and he was pretty energetic. So this trend can only continue. So yeah, I think I reached out about volleyball and was like, well, since you can't make volleyball, do you want to go to a concert with me? Yeah, that was it. That was so much fun. And I liked it because we opened up and I really enjoyed it because I felt like there was a really good connection right off the bat. And it was really, really nice. And I love making connections. <laughs> so. Oh, I agree. Like we sat down, I feel like within the first 10 minutes, I was spilling my guts to you without having any intention of doing that when I walked in. <laughs> so I feel like that's when you know, like, wow, I must feel really safe and really comfortable with this person. And, um, yeah. you know, that's when you can. Talk There's about attraction the right there. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no physical attraction because you and I are both straight and you're married. <laughs> but there um, was, you as- know, <laughs> I would say I'm straight plus. Um, oh, <laughs> nice. But but yeah, so I do I do find myself attracted to to people from time to time, and I I do find some attraction to you actually. Like oh, I think you're a beautiful woman. <laughs> you have so much energy. You have so much going on for you. Um, I think you're so smart mm-hmm. and just like bubbly. And I think I'm just really drawn and attracted to people's energy to their vibe in general you know exactly exactly and I think attraction plays a major role in friendship not just a romantic relationship and I agree I feel the same way about you right it is the energy and also I find that I'm really attracted to people who are self-aware accountable emotional maturity and when you and I first met it there is definitely yeah the opening up showed me that you're able to handle the turbulence of life and you're able to comfortably talk about it, which a lot of people don't, 
right? They suppress it. And it is very attractive because it inspired me. And I feel like I, I surround myself with people, yeah, that I'm attracted to because they're inspiring. But it's important, you know, because I think maybe, you know, across cultures and everything, a lot of us grew up with parents who um, didn't know how to talk about things like that because of the generation their parents were from. And um, particularly, in, um, I guess, my culture, you know, I'm Colombian, we talk uh, about a lot of stuff. And, you know, we're, I don't want to stereotype myself, but pretty like emotionally passionate people. And, um, but, you know, you don't talk sometimes about the hard stuff. You don't talk about the difficult stuff. And um, I think life would be much easier for everyone if we kind of shared our, our failures and our struggles, um, whether people are going to judge us or not, whether people are going to realize that we're perfect people or not. Um, I just, I think it makes for a deeper connection. Exactly. A deeper connection. How do you define attraction, not just in friendship, but what about in romantic relationship? Because you and your husband have been together now for how long? Eight years. <laughs> yeah, You're like, oh, I have to think about that. Wild. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think there's different kinds of attraction, right? There's attraction from below and there's attraction <laughs> from above and there's attraction in the middle. You know, there's people I think that you're drawn to just like, with this kind of animalistic like desire. And then there's people that you're drawn to because you like to talk to them because they're a mystery or they're a puzzle. You know, there's a lot of different cerebral attraction. And then there's just your heart with people that feel safe, that feel um, that you know that you're wanted by them. And I think that's actually one of the things that really sealed the deal for me with my partner. You know, there's um, lots of different things that attracted me to him, but I think the kind of stickiness factor was that I felt very much that he wanted me and he was not afraid to let me know that. And that was so strong. Um, in many other occasions, I think I ran away from that, but this was one time where I noticed that I didn't, I just stood and said, all right, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You're like, yes. Yes, baby. <laughs> still feel that way about him you know like attraction ebbs and, and flows but um I think a major factor for me is fun you know mm -hmm. a little bit of like a sparkle in the eye you know it's important to me to be with someone who's stable responsible who can be like a good domestic partner you know we're all out here working and trying to pay our bills but also trying to keep our home running and our social life running and trying to be good to our families so um, I think that's one of the things that keeps me attracted to him. Like the other day, he fixed something in the sink and I don't know what came over me. I just started making out with him in the kitchen because I was like, you're so hard. I used a wrench. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. And that's like eight years together. You've been married eight years or you've been together for eight years? We've been together eight years, married six yeah. It's been heard that people do say is that, you know, attraction dies down. I don't think so, because I think attraction goes beyond the physical. Right. You know, you were very attracted to him. You guys have chem chemistry. And so mm -hmm. you made out with him, but it goes beyond the physical. And I think that's what you were trying to say there was just that it was just like the little things that his confidence to pursue you was attractive. Definitely. <laughs> well, and that is a big thing is confidence. I mean, I would say number one, you know, I think I've dated a lot of different kinds of people, but that is, I think the number one thing, uh, at the very least a perceived confidence. I'm mm -hmm. so 
drawn to that in, in, in people because you think, you know, they have maybe something figured out and subconsciously you want to figure your stuff out too. So you're drawn to people that seem that way, maybe. At perceived confidence, not everyone's perfect, but, you know, I think confident people know their flaws and know what they bring to the table, but they also know they're not perfect, but it doesn't define them. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of things you shouldn't define yourself by any, I think one trait, like, because then you're putting yourself in a box and it doesn't allow you to grow and to explore, you know, you get to be, I think many different people across a lifetime and you shouldn't be afraid of that. Yeah. (laughs) So what do you think has helped in your, not just your, uh, with your partner, your relationship with your partner, but also with your friendships. That's, that's, kept attraction going for all these years? I think on some level for me, vulnerability is very important. Um, I think there aren't that many spaces where you can feel truly vulnerable um, and open up. I think I can come across maybe as a pretty strong person, but I do have my insecurities and my worries and I don't necessarily like to shop them around. So I think, um, Mutual vulnerability is something that definitely keeps me in my relationships, but also a willingness to grow, to see people that um, want to do, I guess, the work on on themselves and really invest in the relationship. Um, I think every relationship is like a little garden, right? It's a little flower and you have to give it sun and you have to give it water and you have to give it attention. And if you don't, the inevitable is that it's going to wilt and die. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what maintains attraction is the feeding of the garden. So how do you feed that garden? Just, I guess, yes. the whole vulnerability. <laughs> yeah. Vulnerability, time, you know, time, fun. I think adventure, you know, something uh, to look forward to. Intention, attention, and and quality time. Uh, I think those are the main things that, that feed something. And, you know, like affection, telling your friends also that you love them, that you care about them, that you're proud of them, encouraging them. Um, I think we look too much to our romantic partners for that stuff. You know, we really need a village around us to fulfill all of our needs. And I think that's makes a relationship stronger, Mm -hmm. Um, like a romantic one, when you have other people that you can rely on and you can go to for things so that your partner gets to really just like be a person and not your everything. Exactly. Yeah. So have a tribe outside of just your partnership and your romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Remember when you said there was ebbs and flows of attractions and relationships, when you are in a lull, how do you rebuild that attraction? You know, I like a person could be incredibly good looking, but sometimes you wake up and you look at their face and you're like, you're there (laughs) I love you but oh (laughs) you know and and I know the same way sometimes I wake up and I just want to be all over my partner and they're like some space please yeah (laughs) um and in those lulls I think is when you have to remember why are you in this you know because uh Sometimes you're lucky and attraction just comes back because maybe the person that you're with happens to do something that surprises or delights you. I think that's a real key also to keeping attraction or to bringing it back is, you know, we grow bored with the familiar 
And so sometimes people go outside of the relationship because they're bored, but there's a lot that you can do even within what you have, you know, just try a new place, try a new food, try, like it can be as simple as that, or just doing something nice for no reason. You'd be amazed how that can just like soften the other person when they're not expecting it. Yeah. You reignite the spark. Oh yes. Yes. And honestly, get out of your place. Like if you live together, just honestly go for a walk, do one of the things that you used to do when you first started dating. Maybe like we went last night and we went to a barcade and we just like drank beers and played like 80s style um, arcade games. And I had the best time. (laughs) Oh my God. That's cool. Um, And we hadn't done that in so long. And so I think in the day to day, you know, when you're you're working. So a lot of people have a side hustle now. You have your hobbies, whatever. You forget to still date. And date doesn't mean you have to plan like a five-star picnic with wine by the river. Like it doesn't have to be that big. It would be awesome. But just try to hang out like as friends, because to me, anytime I feel that there is a lull and I'm starting to feel like really exasperated by my partner for like really little things then I think okay you know what when's the last time we actually hung out and not just on the couch at home which is totally fine but like do it intentionally oh let's make a game night you know or something like that then it it just really reminds you why you liked this person in the first place why you picked them and why you may want to continue to to do that and to maybe make yourself kind of the person that is bringing back the spark. You know, we sometimes say, I'm not feeling it. My partner should work harder, but also, you know, what are you putting in for your partner to give back to you? Yes. Cause there's always two people in a relationship, whether it's friendship or a romantic relationship. Yeah. 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 Oh, they never call me. They never invite me to do anything. Okay. Well, that's cool. When's the last time you called them? When's the last time you asked them to do something? When's yeah. the last time you just sent a freaking meme? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it, it is exhausting because I've been that friend where I've gone out and sent them a meme or like, you know, <laughs> called them, messaged them. I've been that friend, but it is exhausting. At one point, you got to be like, okay, well, I'm feeling like I'm losing my value in myself. Then I'm not getting the, the reciprocation that I deserve. Uh, that this friendship deserves. So I'm going to give it the same effort you're giving it. (laughs) And it dies out and the traction loses. And, and and that sucks. But, you know, it is ebbs and flows and friendships are hard. I know you were saying that in your partnership, you know, keep it, you know, go on date nights and stuff. That kind of transfers over to friendship as well. Oh, definitely. Yes. Um, you have to have activities like it is it is fun um I feel closer to people you know when I can actually be in their home or they're in my home um but let's face it we live in a really expensive city not everyone has a lot of space not everyone lives in the same neighborhood because you know affordability pushes people out from the city center um but yeah making making plans you know like a friend is the person that does the things with you that no one else wants to do sometimes. (laughs) That's you investing in the friendship and your friend feeling like, oh, someone's doing something nice for me. And then most of the time you end up having a great time together. Exactly. Yeah. You create, I think together, if if both people are in the same mindset and putting it in, you know, you create a little virtuous cycle and you just go higher. (laughs) What attracts you to a partner? Oh yeah. Emotional maturity. (laughs) (laughs) 
does that, I guess, like manifest or how do you gauge maybe a bit of, uh, you know, how can you say, I think this person has maturity or I think this person doesn't, are there like markers for you? Oh yeah. Simple questions that, um, a lot of people who I don't think are emotionally mature will avoid, you know, we're all adults. We've all had pasts. We've all had exes. And so right off the bat, I ask, so what happened in your last relationship? And if they respond in a way of like, whoa, already you're asking that? Well, <laughs> I panicked a little. <laughs> you know, and, and I was like, yeah, I'm asking that because I'm not dating to to just date. I'm dating to find a partner. I'm, I'm dating to share my life with someone. My life is awesome. And I have great people like you in it. So I don't want to bring some half-assed Joe Schmo <laughs> into my life. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so I want someone who's capable because I have emotionally mature, inspiring people in my life and, and who are accountable. And so, yeah, I, if there's an issue about talking about your ex or your past relationships, your past make who make up who you are today. And if there's an issue about that, there's a lack of emotional maturity in my opinion. And if they're uncomfortable talking about it, they can easily just say, hey, you know, can we wait till a second date? I'm not really comfortable talking about that at this point. I will respect that. That's a boundary I will respect. But the most mature men that I have dated, which are amazing, um, who are my friends now, (laughs) um, have answered that as like, unfortunately, it didn't work out. Blah, blah, blah. And I I think highly of her. Um, We just didn't mesh the way we wanted to or our relationship grew apart and it's okay like those are amazing men number one if you badmouth your ex well there's two people yeah so (laughs) red flag two people in a relationship it's not just one person's fault it's two people's fault whether the person cheated or not they were missing something from their your relationship you know what i mean and so they had to find it somewhere else so there's two people in a relationship I think what really attracts me is, um, yeah, emotional maturity, able to be accountable, confidence in themselves, but also um, confident that knowing that they're not perfect and they're willing to grow with me. And that's the same with my friendships. I'm attracted to different aspects of all my friends. And if I take those different characteristics and aspects that I'm attracted to, to each one of them, if I put them in one person, in Brad Pitt's body, I'm golden. <laughs> what age Brad Pitt? <laughs> Ooh. No, Actually, even now he's hot, you know? Like <laughs> But I think I think you touched on something really cool there. I mean, might attraction be that we're seeing something in someone else that we wish we were or that we would like to see in ourselves. And that is what draws us to them because we think maybe by being with them or spending time with them, there's some sort of transference or we'll be more inspired to be more of the kind of person that we want to be. Definitely. I am very attracted to people that inspire me to be better. Yeah. Like um, Todd will call me out on my bullshit, but out of love, (laughs) not like to put me down, but out of love, he's like, Hey, have you looked at it that you're doing this from this perspective or like, hey, you're reacting in a way that you used to react and it's not very healthy. Do you need a minute? Do you want to talk about it? You know, like I love that because there's inspiring, confident people provide a safe space to be fully 
vulnerable and to show your flaws, you know, and they inspire you and they provide that like time and space to work through it. Yes. I think the flaws, you know, like you need permission to see you're ugly. Like I, I have friendships and then I have friendships and I feel like the friendships are the ones where, you know what, there's been conflict or one of us has made the other cry, you know, or someone said something that, you know, hurt. And then you came back from it. Like that's, that's really where the opportunity for growth is, I think. And that's so cool that you have a friend that will call you on your stuff, but call you on it in a kind way from a place of love and not trying to catch you, you know, in not being perfect. Yeah. Cause that's so scary. Like <laughs> I was getting my hair cut and moved to a new neighborhood and um, you know, this lady's asking me my name and asking me where I live. And I'm thinking, wow, what a nice small town. But also I'm thinking, I don't want you to know where I live. What if it turns out that you think I'm rude or you see me doing something one day. And then I'm like, Oh my God, I'm trapped in this small town and everyone's going to know everyone. And they're going to know how horrible I am. I don't really think I'm a horrible person. Why am I so scared of letting anyone like just, know me (laughs) i don't know it's so weird um and i guess that's why those friendships are so important because you need someone to see you with your ugly and still love you and um and kind of help keep you away from the ugly (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) like you know your family sees you and you're ugly (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. in full petty betty mode yeah i love that the full petty betty mode (laughs) (laughs) Your friends are your chosen family. I definitely have had a lot of, not a lot, but definitely some conflicts with some of my closest friends. And when my Russian friend, him and I butt heads, we don't see eye to eye on a lot of opinions. But as soon as I leave the car, as soon as we part ways and he goes home, the issue is dropped because it's just political opinions. It doesn't define our relationship. I respect his opinion. It's not the same as mine. That's great. That's a tough one. Politics, man. Um, yes, I get, I get pretty, pretty passionate myself. And I think that's something I'm trying to work on is I think I started out really open-minded and then I started kind of getting entrenched in my beliefs and then starting to judge other people just for not having my beliefs without necessarily listening to how they came to theirs. You know, sure. There are limits to my openness, (laughs) but I think it's still important to um, kind of try to meet people where they are, at least to listen, um, if they're open to conversation and, um, try to find something that you have in common, because I think there's probably a greater chance of them listening to you and where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. If, uh, you come at them from a perspective of trying to know them a little bit rather than just hating them and putting them in a box. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to work my, myself back from that again. <laughs> yeah. Cuz I think that's something that ebbs and flows too is like one's own self-righteousness. Ego. Yas. Yas. <laughs> <laughs> Ego. That yeah. tricky guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think what I I love about him and is that um I respect his opinion, which is not mine. And he gives his own different perspective. And it's not even just political. It's religious. It's, it's yeah, like everything. And we, we don't have a lot in common other than we both love snowboarding and we love architecture. But the fact that he's willing to have that tough conversation with me and yet still appreciate me and our friendship, that, that I love. That 
as what I'm attracted to, to not hold it against me because I don't have the same opinions as him. I don't have the same upbringing as him and I have a different perspective. He still respects me, you know? And so, and I think it goes both ways. And he actually gave me the best compliment I've ever received in my life. And he says, I'm egoless. Wow. I know. And I was like, I don't think so, but I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, maybe in this moment, but yeah. I'll be back shortly. <laughs> but that's but, something important, right? Exactly. But like when I find myself or my ego is getting the best of me, he, that text message and his words um, come into my mind and I check myself and it grounds me. And I was like, I want to be that friend or that person that he sees. I'm attracted to the way some of how my friends and my ex-partner see, saw me. Oh, yeah, yeah. How they see you, how they make you feel in general and how they make you feel about yourself. I think looking back on some relationships in my 20s, I, I, I know back then I felt like sometimes people were with me because I think that they thought life would be more fun or exciting or something, but I don't know that they actually saw me and wanted me, you know? Um, and I think maybe a lot of people do that. And it's good to examine that when you're with someone, you know, like, why do I like this person? Why do they make me feel the way they do? Um, is that the only reason I'm here? You know, if they stopped, because like, let's say someone bouncy, energetic, whatever it is that someone's bringing to the table, that's not who and how they are every moment of every day. So can I think if you're if you're with someone and you're looking long term, you have to think like, do I still like them when they're not this person that I know and I'm comfortable with? Mm -hmm. um, can I still find some attraction to them? Mm -hmm. That can be tricky, you know, <laughs> when you're used to someone behaving a certain way and then they wake up on the wrong side of the bed for like months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's life. Yeah. Right? That's life. So when you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, <laughs> how does your, yeah, how does your husband handle it? Oh, you know, I, I think he's really like attuned to, to my emotions. I think we both are. So it's, I feel like from the way that I even get out of the bed, he'll know he's watching. <laughs> um, and I think he kind of just gives me my space, you know, he gives me my space. Um, where I think if I sense something that maybe he's woken up on the wrong side of the bed, um, I ask because I find that uh, I can be kind of reactive if I think that something's going on and I don't understand if it has to do with me or not. And then that will annoy me as well because I'm thinking, oh, well, just because you're having a bad day doesn't mean you need to take it out on me when maybe he hasn't even taken it out on me. It's just short, you know? Yeah. Um, and so... For, for me, I'm, I'm an asker. I want to clarify. I want to know, you know, where's this vibe coming from? Or is it actually just me and I'm just projecting onto you? Um, and for him, to me, yeah, I think he just kind of lets me do my thing, maybe gives it a beat and then it's like everything, everything okay over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that he lets me sometimes guide uh, what I want because some days you want to be left alone and other days you really just want someone to come and put their arms around you and just mm. not say anything. You know, mm. I think I've, we've talked about this recently. I was like, you know, on the days when I'm most ugly and you back away from me, it hurts me because that's actually when I most need the hug. And I know that I can be, 
scary seeming, you know, because I can be very serious or very cold or very short, maybe even like sarcastic. And I, I told him, I'm like, you know, I, I'm telling you now that if if you just come up and hug me in a moment like that, that will kind of like soothe the beast. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, but that's that's not, I don't think so. I'm like, try it. Like, I'm feeling that way right now. Just please try it. And mm. he did. And and it was awesome. So I think um, if, if you're in a partnership or any friendship, you know, and you've noticed someone is off a, yeah, you can ask them about that, but also ask them what they need in that moment. You know, um, everyone kind of soothes differently in different situations. So yeah. don't be afraid to ask for what you need. I love that. Don't be afraid to ask for what you need. I love yeah. That. Yeah. It's okay. You know, because I think a lot of times, when our needs aren't being met, we think it's someone's fault. And sure, sometimes it is, but I mean, look at yourself. Do you understand your own needs? Um, do you understand how to meet them? And can you ask for them? Because sometimes when we ask for our needs to be met, we're just complaining to someone about what they're not doing for us rather than sitting down and saying, hey, I care about you and I care about our friendship and it would be really helpful for me if I had this from it. And then it's in their court and then they can choose if they're going to try to do that for you or if they're not and then you get to choose if you want to continue the level of relationship that you have with them it doesn't have to be adversarial you know we're all just trying to do the best for ourselves Mm -hmm. exactly when I was younger 18 19 (laughs) and I would get into like a fight with my ex and um I'm just like He's like, I don't understand what you need from me. I'm like, can't you just read my mind? Don't you know me well enough? Come on, <laughs> Yeah. And then he's like, I do know you, but I'm not a mind reader. He's like, that's not one of my qualities I came in this relationship with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there will be moments when someone's going to like magically read your mind, but like, that's usually a coincidence. <laughs> exactly. You, you, have, you have to vocalize, man. I mean, you can't expect people to know everyone's coming from different households that loved differently. You know, what I think is a natural reaction to something might be really weird to someone who grew up in a different culture, a different home, a different country. If you, you know, if there's an age difference, um, that makes a difference as well. Yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah, honestly, hugs for me. If we're having an argument, just fucking hug me. And then I will just cry it out. And then I'll have a more cohesive conversation. <laughs> you know, I'm just, yeah. after you hug it out. Yeah, just simple, simple, right? And I, I get more attracted to someone who's able just to like, just put their their differences or their ego or their opinion aside and just like, let's hug this out and let's, calm down hugging is so calming and then then work it through right after that yes yeah remembering that yeah you're fighting but i mean what's the end goal here is the end goal to be right is the end goal to uh find common ground is the end goal to just be heard Mm -hmm. you know there's lots of questions to ask yourself i guess that's that i ask myself sometimes because i definitely grew up being a person who i want to say the last word uh you know i want to be right i still have that a lot um so it's challenging to to argue sometimes and then rein myself in and say wait 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 you know is what you're about to say just like about winning the argument are you even listening to the other person at all or are you just 
waiting to respond, you know, like you have those moments where the other person says something, you go, ah, and you're just standing there smiling, like, sure, you can finish what you're saying, but wait until you hear what I have for you. Then you're not really, I think, like fully communicating and then defeats the whole purpose of probably the discussion in the first place. Exactly. And that's really just, you're having a discussion, you're getting angry just to point to prove yourself right. And that, that's not really resolving much. And that's a lot of ways of people, I think, lose attraction in long-term relationships and in friendships and in family. <laughs> like, And we just got to be understanding of that, that, um, you know, those fights can cause losing attraction to somebody. And that sucks. Yeah. When you can see that someone, I think, doesn't have the discipline to think about the bigger picture, because I think you know, as you're saying that, you know, that what's one thing dating for fun and all good, do whatever, like it's a great time. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Go out there and make sure you have lots of things to remember. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, once I think you're in the mode of trying to build something with someone, then you do have to keep that really present that, you know, there is a tomorrow, there is something after this argument and um, there are lines that once they're crossed, it kind of, I don't know, it's like that's that story of hammering the nails into the fence and then taking them out, you know, the holes are still there and you can patch over them, but the fence will never be what it was, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what happens. And if you do enough of those, then it kind of just dies. Mm -hmm. So it's... Um, it loses stability. Yeah, it's thinking, it's thinking long-term and remembering that, you know, there's something after this and what is it that I want what what's more important to me overall <laughs> overall yeah yeah because yeah. in the moment no I want to win but yeah, yeah. what's mo most important thing overall yeah okay the last question if you could tell your 20 year old self something now what would you tell her you really have it more together than you know and don't just focus on yourself between relationships. You know what I mean? Like keep that up because I think that was a, a pattern that I had, you know, I'd get into a relationship and get all wrapped up in it and get a little lost in it. And then, uh, you know, it would end. And that's when I would become my best self, like focused on work, focus on my health, focus on everything. And then right back into the same pattern. So just, you know, you're pretty awesome. And, um, don't, don't lose yourself in, in other people and don't let other people dictate how you feel about yourself. That's great advice. I wouldn't say I'm the same way because I've been fairly single for the past six years, six and a half years, but I am afraid to get back into relationship in a sense that I'm afraid to lose myself and my independence and the lovely life that I've built for myself. And like, I really need to find someone that I it is my cherry on top rather than be engulfed in someone else's life, but bring two lives together to unite and to, you know, instead of engulfing each other's lives. Like, you know what I mean? Like I see some of my friends now that get into relationship and their friend group is their partner's friend group. Oh yeah. I mean, and I think some of that is natural, you know, when, especially yeah. in the beginning stages, like, you're obsessed with each other. Like I'm walking through the hallways, imagining our future life. I mean, there is no part of my day where my body isn't just 
singing and waiting for years to come and sing with me. Like it is deep. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, you know, there is then, you know, kind of you get to the other side a little bit and then you come out of the cocoon. And I think that's what makes you a more interesting partner is having your own life, having your own friends, having time away so you can miss each other. So you have something to damn talk about at the end of the day, other than (laughs) I went to work, I watched a show, I talked to my mother. Well, that's great. But I mean, like what's going on in your life? Like there has to be something more um, because then I think you, yeah, like then you're just kind of looking in the mirror and nobody wants that. Then you just be alone. Exactly. Yeah. What I mean when, I, when I, those friendships is that they're, yeah, you are, you're, tr- you're right. It is a natural thing to be kind of involved in other people's, um, your partner's lives and meeting their friends, but their friends is their friend's girlfriend. Does that make sense? Yes. Or like they're yes. his partner or his friend's partners. Yeah. And it's like, they're all within friendships with each other and stuff like that. And I think, yes, that's great for sure. But I think you have to have friends outside that group as well. Oh yeah, you do. You need, you need people that can just be like on your side. And it's not necessarily about like, oh, you know, I'm going to talk about my partner or whatever. It's just, you need people that are just yours. Yes. And attraction is, is um, important, but it's not everything. And there's a lot of like we've talked about, there's a lot of communication, a lot of being able to know yourself so that you can have uh, a good committed relationship. And I think it was really important to acknowledge is that even long-term relationships goes through downs. And there's, like you said earlier, ebbs and flows. Absolutely. That's just the human condition. Oh, Natasha, this one's so good. Thank you so much for joining me. episode's reflection section. It was a really interesting conversation with Natasha. We touched on attraction, not just in a romantic relationship, but in your friendships, in your everyday relationships. And you know, yes, attraction is essential in any part of any committed romantic relationship. But like we said, it's important to friendship as well, because attraction goes beyond the physical. It's associated with feelings of excitement, emotional connection, and intrusive thinking about that beloved person, not just your partner, but your friends. Like, don't get me wrong. I think what separates a friendship versus a romantic relationship is the physical attraction and the sexual desire. And so, yeah, of course, that's very important when it comes to romantic relationships. But, you know, but it's not everything. And love go- love goes beyond the physical. And it's hard in the dating scene now because I feel like, you know, that's what a lot of people are looking for. And when you want something more committed, you, you know, physical desires and attraction is part of the equation, but it's not everything. And what we talked about, Natasha mentioned, is that there's ebbs and flows in everything and that it also includes attraction and you may be in a long-term committed relationship but you may have days where you look at your partner and you're just not attracted to them physically but there's other aspects that you are you're attracted to them um i think i've mentioned before that there was 
someone on Instagram that said that there's no such thing as endless enthusiasm. And that (laughs) goes with attraction. (laughs) You can't be constantly attracted to your partner um, for the rest of your life. There's ups and downs and ebbs and flows. But what keeps you together is that when attraction fades, there's still that emotional connection. There's still that commitment. There's still that trust and that love and that, (laughs) you know, there's other aspects and characteristics that you're attracted to. It's not just their physical body. And yeah, and I guess that goes with friendship as well, because when you're in your party stage of your life, you're attracted to people who are practically the same stage in their life. And when, if you outgrow that, you kind of get attracted to people that are in a different stage. Like for instance, Natasha and I got attracted to each other because of being vulnerable. And it was easy to be vulnerable with her and she found it easy to be vulnerable with me. And we're in this stage of our life where we're growing and dealing with a lot of our traumas and our flaws and we're very vocal and open and to each other about it and to all our friends and that's what we're attracted to we're attracted to the connection and the energy that is at par of where we are in life and our friendship has helped me and get more inspired to grow and she's definitely there for support and I have all my most of my other girlfriends and male friends are there as well. And so attraction plays a major role in a lot of relationships, platonic and romantic and sexual. Obviously, you have situationships. <laughs> and so it's part of the equation of cart. And to, like Natasha said, to keep that attraction alive while you're in a committed relationship is to have fun go on dates that you used to do you used to do when you were younger or when you first started dating and just rebuild that attraction because every relationship does hit a lull and it takes two people to pick yourselves out of that lull whether it's friendship or romantic relationship there has to be work from two sides Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. And if you haven't yet, please follow us on Instagram at Waking Up From Breaking Up and on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm going to leave you guys with this. Be honest with your words, be kind with your actions, be fearless with your heart and be brave enough to be vulnerable. Thank you for listening. Lots of love. (laughs)